Welcome to this week's podcast of Bergen Park Church from Evergreen, Colorado. We hope you enjoy this message, and if you'd like to hear any more or learn more about the church, please visit bergenparkchurch.org. Hey, it's good, it's good to be with you this morning. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to transition. I got to preach. You know, how great is the love that God has, has lavished on us? I, ex- I experienced that here. The greatness of God's love, and the question is, you know, are we able to receive in the way that God is able to give? And part of that means just being present. It means being present with each other, being present with Christ, and living a life of presence, meaning knowing that we're here uh, to live out the pages of Scripture, right? These aren't words. This is our life, that we don't want to be a people that just kind of pick up our feet and allow the culture to take us. We want to be a people that follow Jesus. And when you do, Chris, he may send you to Africa, right? He may send you to Myanmar, but he's definitely sent you to Evergreen. And there's no, there's no surprise that you're here. He wants to use you. He wants to use us. Hey, today we're in Mark chapter two and Jesus is ticked. He's angry. But I want you to know, I was thinking about that. Uh, we see people that are angry and, and we, I think we get afraid because how are you gonna use that anger? But you know, when Jesus is angry, he's angry for your heart. He's, he's angry for you. He wants more of you. And he's going to be angry because the religious leaders who are supposed to represent God are using the Sabbath as a weapon instead of an instrument to heal. They're using God's law to divide instead of to heal and to rectify and to restore. He's angry because they're misusing what God's given them. Yeah, I don't know, you know, what your background is. Maybe you're new to church, but you know, it's human nature for us, I think, to divide the world, world up into different categories of people. You know, there's the good people, and then there's the bad people. And guys, you know, we're among the good people, right? I mean, there's those who are on the wrong side of history, then there's us, and we're on the right side of history. There's the righteous and the unrighteous. And of course, right? Which category do we see ourselves in? We constantly need to divide, constantly need to compare. Jesus doesn't divide the world into those kind of categories. He divides the world into the humble. Are we the humble or are we the proud? He divides the world into those that need grace and those that have grace, those that know they need Jesus and those that don't know they need Jesus. Jesus sees with different categories than we do. And in the story we're about to read, it's, it takes place on the Sabbath and there's this conflict around the religious leaders. The religious leaders in Mark chapter two are just really creepy. It's like they're always there. 
You know, it's like they're always watching and, and they see Jesus do something wrong and they just like show up out of the darkness and it, that's kind of the feel that I have. It's like, why are you watching me? And the disciples are walking through the grain fields and it's the Sabbath. And there's rules about what you can and you can't do. And if you follow the rules, you're the good people. But if you don't follow the rules, you're not part of us. And they're not following the rules. They're taking grain, right? And they're harvesting and they're eating because they have a need. And then the second story, Jesus is in the synagogue. And there's a man in the synagogue with a withered hand. And the question is, will Jesus meet his needs? Will he show mercy or will he follow the greater details of the law? Will he hold to the religious traditions? And you know, the Pharisees are watching and saying, Jesus, if you want to be a part of us, you need to follow our guidelines. And see, to be with God doesn't mean to show mercy. It means to follow to the letter of the law. Jesus, you're not one of us. And so Jesus then confronts the Pharisees. And in confronting the Pharisees, you know what? He confronts me. Because we're the Pharisees, guys. I don't know if you know that. We don't want to see ourselves that way. But we are, right? We're the religious people. We're the ones that represent God. But do we really know the God we're representing and the God who reveals himself in, in the Sabbath? The God of the Sabbath. Well, let's jump into it, if you will, in the end of <coughs> Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verse 23. And we're going to read all the way to chapter 3, verse 6. You guys ready? I hope so. Verse 23. <clears throat> And one Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain, and the Pharisees were saying to him, look, look, why are you doing what's not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to him, have you ever read what David did? He was in need. He was hungry. He and those who were with him, and how he entered the house of God in the time of Abiathar, the high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence, which was not lawful for any but the priest to eat. And he also gave it to those who were with him. And so he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And again, he entered a synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, come. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm? To save a life or to kill? But they were silent. And he looked around them with anger, grieved at the hardness of heart. And he said, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored. And the Pharisees, went him out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. This is the word of the Lord. All thanks be to God. Father, you are here. Father, we are here. Holy Spirit, would you teach us what it means to be with the Father? Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. So three questions. You know, what is the Sabbath? What does it mean? What's the purpose? And then the big question Jesus 
that Mark asked in this gospel is who's Jesus? And who is Jesus in relationship to the Sabbath? Because the conflict here, it's a good conflict. It's around the Sabbath. And what is the fourth commandment? Because the Sabbath is a fourth of the Ten Commandments that once a week we're to take off 24 hours to rest, which means to celebrate, to worship, to see what last week was like, and to find the strength for the next week. And the fourth commandment says this in Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Because six days you labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God and on it you, you shall not work. And it keeps going on. But that's the jest. And see, there's a continuity between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Just because we're under a new covenant, under the blood of Christ, the old laws, they still apply. Do not murder, do not murder. Do not commit adultery, do not commit adultery. Honor the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath. What does it look like for you to rest in God? Six days. I think we're supposed to work five, right? Six days you labor. One day you rest. What does it look like? Do you have a lifestyle of rest? What does this mean? You know, in the moral law, we tend to, I, I think we struggle with how, how do we understand God's law? But see, his law, it reveals his character. It reveals his heart. And see, the purpose of the Ten Commandments, it's a picture of human flourishing. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. Now, we, we need to acknowledge where the lines are. But that's not the goal. It's not, not to check off where am I on the list? How well am I doing versus everyone else? The purpose of the law is to bring life, to bring rest. It's a picture of what it looks like to be fully human, which means in God's presence, fully alive. You know, C.S. Lewis in this book, Mere Christianity, he captured it like this. He said, God made us. God made us. He invented us as a man invents an engine. A car is made to run on petrol and it would not run properly on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel. Our spirits were designed to burn. The food our spirits were designed to feed on. There's no other. God cannot give us happiness and peace apart from self. Because it's not there. Now, he's not saying there's no happiness apart from God. I don't know if you know this. People that don't know God are not miserable human beings. What he's saying is you're not going to hear experience the happiness for which you were created in God. That God has created you with a certain purpose and a certain way and design. And the happiness he wants from you comes from being connected to him. And that's what his law is about. It's about life. Now, to the Pharisees, the issue is that Jesus and the disciples, they're not, they're not getting it right, right? You're dishonoring God. You're dishonoring the Sabbath. It's supposed to be a day of rest. And realize this is not a, a minor issue. Now, for the Israelites, realize the Sabbath was like their national anthem. It was a national identity. It was their, in a sense, their flag. It's what set them apart. No one else, no other nations rested the way they did. And what they did was they were supposed to bring their rest 
to everyone else. That because Israel rested, all the other nations would rest. They were a sign of the character of God. And so what the Pharisees did is they kind of established, okay, you know, here's work and this is what it looks like to work because there's nowhere in the Old Testament that says, what's work? That's kind of important. If we're supposed to not work, we should, I guess, figure out what work looks like. Now for us today, I think maybe the way we categorize life, it's a little bit easier, is it? I don't know, for us, we don't, some of us live where we work, but often we have to turn work on, like open our laptop. Or, but for them, work was life. It was their home. It was, it was the animals they had. It was the place they lived. And so the Pharisees stepped in and said, hey, guys, we're going to help you out. And we're going to show you what it means to rest. But instead of bringing freedom, what they did was they brought burden. They missed They missed the purpose of the law. And what's the purpose? You know, Jesus summarized it. Obedience should lead to a deeper love for God. Our Sabbath rest shouldn't be a burden. It's a privilege to love God. And because we love God, God opens our heart to love others. That's the purpose of all the law. And so he says, verse 27, the Sabbath wasn't made, was made, sorry, he was, it was made for man. But man, you weren't created for the law. The law was created for you to serve you. The Sabbath is not your master. It's a necessary servant to come alongside you, to restore you, And you could be wondering right now, you know, life this week was a mess. Well, the Sabbath is here to restore. It's here because you're designed to rest. You're designed to sit back. And listen, some weeks, you know, I get up here, my last week, it's like, that was a mess. (laughs) What was that? But I still worked and work is good. The results, I don't know. Certainly in ministry, like the... it's never finished, you know? I love mowing the grass. I used to. Because it's done. But he, he's saying we're supposed to look back, and even though it's chaos, God, thank you that I can work. Work is a gift from God. The results may not be rest, but God wants us to look back and say thank you. It's called benediction. It's called worship. It's worship. The law is a good thing. You know, and it's interesting, the more something is repeated in the Bible, the more important it is. That's how they emphasize. They don't have the word very, so they'll use holy, 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 instead of saying very holy. And and what God does is he gives more press to the things that are most essential. And when you look down the list of the Ten Commandments, like, right, God, do not murder. Why? He loves life. Conception to death, every individual, every person. Do not commit adultery. Why? God's faithful to his covenants and he's faithful to his commitments. He wants a people who will be faithful to their commitments. But when you look at the Sabbath, it's throughout all the Old Testament and it gets the most press because do not murder, one sentence. Do not commit adultery. Do not commit false testimony. But when you look at the fourth commandment, it's the longest. Because you're designed for rest. And that rest is found in him and he is 
angry for your heart to find what it's designed for. You know, it's interesting, what's the longest, think of this little Bible quiz for you, you don't have to say anything. The longest book or, or the longest letter is written to what church in the New Testament? It's got a first and a second. It's from Corinth. <laughs> I know you know it, you weren't, you're just following my, my, my instruction. The, the Corinthians, right? Jacked up. Jacked up church. Stepson sleeping with a stepmom. In the church. It's like, you guys are okay with this? And they were using the Lord's Supper to oppress the poor. You know that? Like they were getting together and eating because the poor guy's got to work. And they show up and there's no food. And you don't wait for them. They're oppressing people. So jacked up, they get more oppressed. Why? Because Paul's saying, listen, first he's saying, stop it. Okay, guys, stop it. But he's saying, more grace, more grace, more grace. How does God respond to your sin? More grace, more attention, more mercy, more kindness. It's God, God's kindness that leads us to repentance. What God emphasizes, you know, when we run from him, it's God that chases after us. He shows up, doesn't he? He looks out for us. The whole story of the prodigal son, God is looking for us. Why? Because he loves us. And he knows that sin destroys and his law is a picture of his heart for us because he wants, he wants freedom for us. You know, Jesus is not angry at the Pharisees because they have a high view of the law. He's angry because they got a low view. They don't know what the purpose of the law is. So, because just look at it, Here, here's, here's the whole, if you can put that up, of the fourth commandment. You guys have that? Not that one, the long one. It's the long, yeah. It's long. That's just an example. Because the law captures and conveys the character of God. It captures the character of God. And part of the Sabbath, you know, is, is really about, for us, part of the joy is it's about trust. That God provides seven days of provision for six days of work. Have you ever thought of that? I think that's more true if you're in an agricultural society. It's hard to save up. Today we have liquid assets, right? But it, it, was, it was saying to the people, hey, listen, I'm going to provide seven days a provision, I just want you to give six days of work. It's just like the tithe. I know we don't like to talk about tithe in a church. If this is your first Sunday, I'm sorry. <laughs> What's the tithe? I'm gonna give you 100% of what you need out of 90% of what you have. And if you don't tithe, it's not just about giving to the church. It's about giving to missions. It's about giving to the poor. It's about caring for our nonprofits. If you're not living out of the 90%, you're not trusting God that he can provide the 100. Sabbath is the same thing. Rest. I designed you for rest. Are you taking God up on the challenge? You know, chariots of fire, I know that dates me. If you're any place after the 90s, I don't know. That's a lot, right? I know 90s is like, I was talking to Benjamin. He told me when he was born. This is an old movie, bro, old movie. 
But if you, I have to bring it up. It's the only movie that has the Sabbath in it. There's a guy named Harold Abrams. You guys know this? Eric Liddell. Eric Liddell. Uh, He was going to run, both of them were going to run the 100 meters. And Eric Liddell, the Christian was supposed to win. I guess he was predicted to win the race. But because it was on the Sabbath, he, he said, no. I may disagree with him on that. That's okay. But that was his conviction. And so in the movie, you see Eric Liddell celebrating as Harold Abrams, the other runner, wins the race. That's called rest. Even though I should be in that place, I can celebrate in somebody else's victory because God has already given me rest and that my identity is not in my work, it's in who he is. And you get into the mind of Harold Abrams, who's the guy that run, ran the race. In the movie, they kind of play it like as he's at the starting line. He's saying to himself, I have 10 seconds to prove my existence. And for Eric Liddell, he says, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. Are you working to find rest or are you learning to work out of the rest God's already given you? Because on the cross, he said, it's finished. You don't have to prove yourself. I've given you all that you need. Six days work, seven days provision. Guys, it's finished. But are we, are we seeing our work as a place to find our identity or do we find our identity in Jesus and our work is a way of expressing our gratitude to God? Which is it? God wants to give us, he wants to give us rest. That's the meaning of the law. And so let, let's just jump back in real quick and, and see how this ends. Verse 24, and the Pharisees asked Jesus, look, why are your disciples doing what's unlawful on the Sabbath? And he says, have you not read? Now realize these are religious dudes. They've read it. It's an insult. It's like saying to an avid skier, have you ever seen snow? Have you ever read the Bible? It's not, he's upping the conflict, right? David, 1 Samuel, he was hungry, meaning there was a human need. And he was on the run. And so he went into the temple and the priest gave him the bread of the presence because mercy is greater in a sense than the minor details of the law. You need wisdom. I need to care for this human need. Even if that requires work on the Sabbath because the Sabbath is about bringing rest to men. It's not about just following the rules. Mercy is the greater point of law. And we see this actually in in Luke's gospel in Luke chapter 13. There's another story of a woman who shows up who's disabled. She comes to the temple and Jesus heals her. And he gets angry at the religious leaders. Watch this, Luke 13, 15, you hypocrites. Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan is bound for 18 years, be loosed from her bonds? You act human towards animals. You act like animals towards humans. What's wrong with you? Do you hear this? We've missed it. Are we using what God has given us as a weapon to kill, to divide, or are we using it as an opportunity to bring rest to others, to heal, to restore, to show them the character of our God who says, go and learn what this means. I'm tired of your sacrifice. I want mercy. 
Can we just get off our butts and love our neighbors? Isn't that what he wants? I want to read this quote for you from Tim Keller in The King's Cross. He says this, Why does Jesus become angry with the religious leaders? Because the Sabbath is about restoring the diminished. It's about replenishing the drained. It's about repairing the broken. To heal this man's shriveled hand is to do exactly what the Sabbath is about. Yet because the leaders are so concerned that the Sabbath regulations be observed, they don't want Jesus to heal this man. An incredible example of missing the forest for the trees. Their hearts are shriveled as this man's hand. They're insecure, they're anxious about regulations, they're tribal, judgmental, self-obsessed, instead of caring about this man, they miss the heart of God. Is it possible in our obedience to the law, we don't see God's kindness towards us? And we don't see how our obedience is to bring bring life to the world, because who's Jesus here? Look at verse 28, we'll close with that. He's the Lord of the Sabbath. Realize he's saying, I'm the God who is rest. Rest is not what he gives you. Rest is being with him. That's good. Rest is being with him. And what's his command to us? The first one. Same command he gives to the man with a withered hand. Would you just come? There is so much keeping us from coming and simply being with Jesus, and what, what is this stuff keeping us from? It's keeping us from being restored, healed, replenished so that we can see the world differently. We can celebrate the week that's passed. We can look ahead with gratitude for what God's gonna give us. Are you tired? Come, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. What does he say? I wanna give you rest. I don't wanna add burdens I want to take burdens off. And church, you know what? Our responsibility to each other is to carry one another's burdens. And where do we carry them to? We carry them to the cross. We carry them to Christ. And we say to each other, guys, it's finished. You don't have to carry that. We worship a God who is rest. Hey, there's some resources I want to share with you. If if you have the YouVersion app, I don't know if you know, we have... We have notes that are available in the YouVersion app. If you go to events, if you want to put that up. And there's actually a section on there that has some resources for how can you bring Sabbath into your life. And to be honest, as a pastor, I've blown this. I feel like I've blown this in so many ways. I'm not good at rest. And what I'm not really good at is celebrating. I'm not good at celebrating. But our God is a God of celebration. Church, can we walk in that together? Because there is grace for where we fail. If you didn't grab the communion elements, they're available to us. We're gonna end this morning with communion, which is celebrating Christ's sacrifice for us, that God welcomes us through the blood of Jesus. The gospel's the power of God. For what? To welcome us into the presence of a God who is rest. And so I wanna encourage you to grab those elements and then we're gonna just spend... I don't know, a few minutes in prayer. And what we do in this time is just say, Father, would you, would you speak to us? 
And maybe for us, we need to say, hey, what's keeping me from rest? Do you know it just a few words healed this man's withered hand? Do you know the power in Jesus? And yet we're taking our weariness to the world and trying to find power from the world, from the news? It's not there, guys, but it's in, it's in Jesus. So let's hold those elements and then together uh, we're gonna celebrate what God has done.